guys farzim vasugin here with you for another episode of the chief zone podcast hope you are all doing well hope you're all enjoying the super bowl win i know uh it's kind of been uh, overshadowed by some events from the parade of course we will talk about that gonna talk uh, about some uh, chiefs news as well we will talk some Chiefs football here uh, obviously, I will uh, react to the mass shooting from the Chiefs parade, which has uh, taken up a lot of the news. So we'll touch on that. Uh, Chris Jones uh, made some comments at the parade that got a lot of Chiefs fans excited. Right before the parade, we got some news about Steve Spagnolo, some news about Dave Tobe. A lot of good news uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff. And will Chris Jones stay with the Chiefs well it sounds like the Chiefs are already doing what needs to be done to keep him for at least the near future we'll find out a lot of things to get into and much more on this episode of the Chiefs Zone podcast I want to thank all of you guys for taking the time to download and listen to this episode of the podcast appreciate all of you guys who are watching live on Facebook and YouTube for those of you who are downloading the uh, podcast version on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. Thank you guys for taking the time to join and listen to the podcast, however it may be. I see already uh, some comments in the chat. Appreciate you guys joining me. Want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Whatever event you want to attend, sporting events, concerts, whatever it may be, go to SeatGeek.com. Check out your tickets from there. And if you see a green dot next to those ticket prices for the seat you want, that is a good sign. That means you're paying... Uh, a good amount of dollars for that uh, for that seat. A good price, I should say. And uh, if you see a red dot, avoid that. Those are bad. That means you're paying too much for uh, for those tickets there. So, uh, And if you're a new SeatGeek customer, you can use my promo code FARZINE and you will save $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. New customers can use the promo code FARZINE for $20 off their first purchase from SeatGeek. All right, so this is going to be a little bit of a different um, podcast here. I'm going to combine the Chief Zone and the Red Friday live chat together. I think I may have done this one or two other times in the past. Um, I did intend on doing a podcast on Wednesday, but it just did not feel right. Um, just didn't really, I, I just wasn't in the mood to do a podcast. Uh, would I have gotten a lot of viewers and comments for that live show? Yeah, probably. But um, I just was not well equipped. Uh, to want to discuss what had happened. Uh, and if I was going to do a podcast on Wednesday, it obviously would have been just one topic because discussing football, as far as like the social media posts, I didn't do any uh, football comment commentary. I had a lot of football commentary planned, ready to go, but it just did not feel right to do uh, football commentary um, on on that Wednesday. And uh, we're going to get into it now. I see a lot of you guys are coming into the live chat here. I appreciate it. More comments I'm seeing. If you guys have any questions, we'll still do a Red Friday live chat. Whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about what happened after the parade. You want to talk about the Super Bowl. You want to talk about some of the Chiefs news that we've had in the last couple of days. Uh, I'll, I'll field all topics today. So please comment below with your questions, your comments, whatever it may be, and I'll get into them. Like I said, for those of you who are coming in late, we are combining the Red Friday live chat and the Chiefs on podcast together um, on here. Okay, let's get into it now. 
Uh, obviously, you all know what happened Wednesday right after the parade. So I'm watching from home. You guys all know my my man cave setup. I'm watching um, two different uh, two different local networks. I think I had KCTV5 and KSHB, the uh, CBS affiliate and the uh, NBC affiliate in Kansas City. So I'm watching um, I'm watching both of those live. And I think I have KCTV5's audio up, but I have um, KSHB to my right. And KSHB actually showed all of the people running for their lives. I'm like, okay, either they're like running to their cars, this, or that maybe they saw some of the players that they want to run up to. Like, I mean, this has to be, maybe, um, maybe, uh, there was uh, something going on and, and they just got scared and it was maybe, um, blown out of proportion. Then I see live from KSHB's, um, uh, uh, feed, they show police officers running towards a very specific location. And at this point, I'm like, okay, please just be, you know, gunfire that was just shot in the air. Maybe a fist fight going on between a couple of people. Just just let this be something small. Because there were some people running and there were a lot of people not running at all. Not really sure um, how to react. Um, KCTV5 actually put out a clip and I think this is so there's like a building adjacent from Union Station. Uh, and they actually showed like a surveillance camera with audio. And you can actually spray a lot of witnesses who were there were actually asked what they heard. And they de- 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 described it like a like a spray of bullets, uh, kind of like a machine gun. One after another. So you can actually hear that in that surveillance camera that was published and they're showing Union Station. Everybody's running in different directions. So there are actually some people not even knowing where to run. Some people actually ran towards the gunfire. Again, not knowing where the hell to go. A lot of things are still very confusing to me because they're describing this having happened west of Union Station, which is where the parking garage is. Now, was this like well inside, like in the middle of the parking garage and were the gunshots just that loud? And what, what was this dispute between multiple people, which that's uh, what KCPD is going with? That's what they told the media, the public. What is this dispute that led to 11 kids being hospitalized? Were they arguing over who was backing into who in the parking lot? Like, I don't, I don't know what, what happened. We still have a lot of answers that need to, a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, Cause I don't get it. I'm not quite sure exactly what, what happened or what transpired here. And by the way, let me just say something because I'm seeing um, KCPD put out a tweet before the Super Bowl parade, and it's the police chief, the same police chief who, uh, Stacey, um, I, I apologize, I don't have her full name in front of me. Um, it was her talking to all the police officers saying, hey, look, got a big parade here, everyone's celebrating, we got to make sure everyone's safe. And a lot of people are responding to that tweet, quote tweeting it, mocking it, saying, well, you failed. If you're one of those people doing that, just stop. You're not doing anyone any favors whatsoever here. Um, listen, I, I know there have been a lot of talks about law enforcement and how they've done it. And I think, listen, 
I think like any industry, doctors, um, education, wherever, you'll you'll have some people who are in it for the wrong reasons and are not good at their jobs. But in general, man, I got a lot of respect for people who are first responders, people who are police officers. Um, whenever people are running away from gunfire, police officers are running towards the damn thing. I, I I could not do that kind of thing. So I've always had a lot of great... I mean, same thing with firefighters. People are trying to escape a burning building. Firefighters are going into a burning building. You get the idea. Um, so if you're, if you're one of those people that's responding to that tweet and ma- making fun of KCPD or telling them they didn't do their job right, dude, what are you doing? How are you helping? Um, and listen, I, I, I don't know... I know I'm going in like all different directions here. Uh, and I'll try not to do that because I want to go one step at a time with all of this. Whatever happened in this parking lot um, is just, I, I don't know. Like you're there to celebrate a very positive event. And there were give or take a million people there. The whole thing ended. You're hearing fight for your right to party over the speakers, uh, which are pretty damn loud. But these gunshots are louder, unfortunately. Um, I apologize, man. Um, I because when I'm I'm watching this live, my immediate reaction was, wait a minute, Nick Wright and his crew, they're doing a show. They're doing first things first from from Union Station, from that area. Is he is he doing a show? Is he not doing a show? So I flipped on uh, FS1, and they're actually showing Fox News' feed. Fox News was already covering this. I'm like, whoa, that was quick. CNN was very quick to cover it. Um, ESPN was very quick to cover it because ESPN is owned by Disney, uh, ABC, um, they showed the ABC feed from Kansas City, KNBC. So uh, everyone was covering this uh, like they would any other mass shooting. And I'm like, whoa, that's when it kind of hit me like this is really happening at a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. And, and by the way, I didn't address this at the beginning of the podcast. I'm not here to debate guns. I'm not here to blame certain politicians and, and whatnot. I'm not here to do that because we've done that as a I'm saying we I'm saying as a society, we have done that a lot. And that has done jack shit. Uh, something does need to be done. Our leaders do need to step up and do something. And by the way, for those of you who are blaming people opposite of your political stance, stop it. Because we've seen this while Joe Biden has been president. We've seen this when Donald Trump was president. We've seen this when Barack Obama was president. It doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican. This is not a Democrat or a Republican issue. This is an issue that's happening across the board, no matter who's the president. We're seeing this in schools. We're seeing this at place of worship, grocery stores, malls, Super Bowl parades now, championship parades. I mean, is this going to happen again at another championship parade later this year? I hope not. That shouldn't happen. But the thing that I've heard in the last 48 hours is you're not safe when you step out of your home. Uh, I mean, a restaurant, wherever you want to go. Um, I mean, that's just that's just sad to think about, man. It's just really sad to think about. 
And if you're if you're doing this whole blame game thing, just stop. Um, I, quite frankly, I think everyone, all of our leaders are to blame. By the way, let, let me talk about this for a moment. Speaking of leaders, so inside Union Station, when the whole thing ended, the players are all going back in. Um, obviously, you have the players and their families. And you also have Clark Hunt, who's obviously, you know, a very important person. He's a billionaire. He's got he he's high up in the world. Let's just put it that way. Um, Brittany and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Brittany has said on her Instagram, no, no hiding from it. And you can actually see it during the parade. Brittany and Patrick actually do have bodyguards. And whenever Patrick was moved around, there are three guys in a very specific formation right behind him the entire time. Brittany at one point during the parade was running up to Clyde Edwards Alaire and they're just doing their whole high five and dance and hugging and having a good time type of deal during the parade. And there were like one or two people running right behind Brittany, staying behind her. That's her security right there. So you have some very important people who are very close to this gunfire. You know who else was there? Mayor Quentin Lucas was there, a politician. I don't care what side of the aisle he's on. He's a politician who was there. We also have the governor of Missouri, uh, Mike Parsons. He was also there uh, because he gave a, a, a speech right before they handed it off to the players. So we had a couple of, let's just say some very, very important people. The reason I make a big deal about this is because whenever um, we see mass shootings in schools or wherever, um, they tend to happen to, let's just say the not so famous people. Okay. I was going to say not so important people, but I, I don't think anyone's life is more important than someone else's. I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if you're the average Joe working a nine to five job. Um, no life is more valuable than the other. Um, but a lot of times these mass shootings involve a lot of non-famous people. And I don't wish this to happen to anyone famous or not, but I've just kind of wondered like if a famous person just happened to be there right there, when this all happened, would they maybe start being aggressive about wanting to change something? And again, I don't have the answers. If I did have the answers, man, I would not be talking to you guys. I'd be I'd be putting these uh, solutions in place. Um, I don't know who has the answers. I don't know if anyone has the answers. Yeah, Jim mentions Laura uh, Laura Kelly. Yeah, she was part of the parade. I don't know if she was inside Union Station or, or on stage or any of that stuff when this was all going on. But yes, you're right. Laura Carol, Kelly was also there, the governor of Kansas. Um, I, I know she doesn't get recognized because the team is in Missouri, but there are a lot of people from Kansas who are fans, um, including Laura Kelly. Um, but anyway, I digress. The point I'm trying to make here is we had some uh, some politicians that were right there when this is all happening. The two governors and the mayor, are they going to, you know, the three of them look at our federal government, our Congress and say, look, we got to do something. We were all there when this was happening, because to my understanding, whoever was inside unionization, all those important v those VIPs, so to say. I think they were all sheltered and, you know, there were some people that were running inside trying to avoid this gunfire here, not knowing where it was coming from. They were also sheltered and, you know, props to uh, Andy Reid, Trey Smith, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, some of these guys who um, who uh, were credited for trying to calm down some kids who were panicking while they were sheltered uh, trying to before they could figure out what in the hell was going on. Um. 
I've already said this on social media. I'll say it again. Just watching this live, seeing people run. I mean, you, at one point you saw people running inside Union Station. And then a couple of minutes later, both KCTV5 and uh, KSHB were showing people running out of Union Station and a bunch of cops running inside the building. That was the moment where I was like, man, this looks like something I would see out of like a really crazy action movie. But this is not a movie. This is all real. Everything that happened at Union Station was real. And I'm I'm watching uh, ESPN, and they're talking about how things, you know, we th this just keeps happening in our country. I'm watching Joy Taylor on FS1. So FS1, as I mentioned, they were showing Fox News' feed because Nick Wright and his crew could not do their show from there. Um. But uh, the show that comes after, and I, I apologize, I don't remember the name. It's with uh, Joy Taylor, uh, Emmanuel Acho, Shady McCoy, and a couple of other people. They actually started going live earlier than they normally do because they wanted to at least put their sports personalities on the air. And that's all they were talking about was the shooting. And Joy Taylor made a very interesting comment here. And I saw a couple of people on Twitter mention this. Not that this is important right now, but... Um, Joy Taylor mentioned that things are, might change drastically as to how we do championship parades. Listen, I'm not a fan of this politician specifically, uh, Ted Cruz, but at the Houston Astros parade, somebody threw something big at almost hitting him right in the head. Um, again, not that I like the guy, but that's never okay. Um, that kind of thing should never happen. Now I'm not comparing one person throwing something compare trying to compare to this not at all but my point is you know when you have a shooting that happened here people will look back at other incidents that may have happened at parades and so we'll say look because what was going on at the parade a lot of the chiefs players were getting off the bus and they were on the field on the not at the field uh on the streets just dancing hugging and kissing all the fans signing autographs taking pictures donna kelsey was handing out roses to people and, and she had a security guard right behind her um I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just, I think, I think KCPD did their absolute best. At the end of the day, you can't have police officers at every single corner of the world. I mean, I mean, I, I wish it was that way. I wish we could have um, security on every floor of every parking garage at the corner of every building in this world, but we just don't have the resources for that. We used to not need these kinds of things. But unfortunately, we just don't know where we can go and feel safe. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are talking, talking about going back to normalcy as if nothing happened. Yeah, eventually that's going to happen. But I don't know. Um, and by the way, I'm not reading any uh, comments right now out loud, but I'm, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the, on the chat room. So I'm reading everything you guys are saying. Um, if you guys have some longer comments, it's just hard to read while I'm talking. So I do apologize. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, um, it just sucks. Like, yeah, I remember um, there was a shooting in Lawrence, Kansas, and I'm mentioning Lawrence, Kansas. This was uh, 2017. Yeah, 2017. Um, I mentioned Lawrence because I went to KU. Um, the shooting happened on Mass Street, which is a spot that's near and dear to my heart. You know, a lot of college memories there, a lot of great memories there. I try to go back um, every once in a while. And then 24 hours later, there was a mass shooting in Vegas. You guys all know um, 
You guys all know uh, Vegas is a city that's near and dear to my heart. I love visiting Vegas. Um, you don't really think about these things until they happen in a place that's near and dear to your heart. And seeing this happen in a Super Bowl parade, a Chiefs Super Bowl parade, man, that just hit me hard. That really hit me hard. Um, I can't remember uh, which a news reporter was saying this because all of the local news stations, all of their reporters, you know, went from talking about the excitement that was happening at the parade and at the rally to covering the shooting. Uh, one of the news reporters, and I apologize, I don't remember who said this, but they basically said that we have people in Chiefs jerseys going to the hospital now. Think about that. Not that it matters what people are wearing. You know, if you're, if you're in school, you should still feel safe. You're going to the movie theaters and you want to see, you know, the Marvel movies or the Terminator movies, whatever movies are out there now. Um, you want to feel safe. You're trying to escape real life for about a couple hours to go see a movie and have some fun. And unfortunately, people can't feel safe doing so. A restaurant, a bar, whatever it may be. This is a celebratory event. The Chiefs just went back to back. As Chiefs fans, we've all been begging and screaming for this team to be good for so many years. We finally got the franchise quarterback. We have a great head coach. We have we, we have great players and coaches and front office executives that are all, all over the place. We just went back to back. And unfortunately, this whole back to back thing has now been overshadowed by by a couple of people who ruined it for everybody. It just takes, you know, yeah, I know the, 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 what's the quote? It takes one bad apple to ruin it for the rest of the bunch. Well, it was a couple of bad apples here. That's, I think what's so frustrating to me. Cause I, and going back to what I was saying earlier and I apologize, I know I'm going into too many rabbit holes here. Cause listen, I always like to write down all the things I'm going to be talking about. I, I, I don't have that for this. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to write things down. I just want to talk to you guys, you know, Heart to heart here. Um, but imagine Super Bowl parades in the future. I mean, because we do expect the Super Bowl to come back to Kansas City again. We do expect another um, another Lombardi here. So, you know, um, I remember listening to uh, 810 uh, on the radio last year. And one of the hosts said that he and his wife agreed not to take their son. And they'll just take him next year. They were kind of like laughing because we just expect it now. We do expect another Super Bowl parade in the near future, I guess, right? That's just kind of the, the standard, the expectation, whether it's next year for a three-peat or anytime uh, shortly after that. What is that Super Bowl parade going to be like? Are there a lot of people that are going to not want to go because of what happened this time around? Are there players who are going to say, hell no, I'm not going, not after what happened last time? Um... By the way, this is not the the first time, and I I don't know if um, I thought someone in the chat maybe alluded to it. Uh, so the first Super Bowl parade we had with this core group of guys, um, the Super Bowl Fifty Four parade, right before that started. There was a police chase happening on the actual route of the parade. Now, how did the how did the um, 
the person that police were, were chasing get on the actual route? That I have no idea, but eventually um, they were able to get him to stop and police officers get out of their cars and their guns are drawn, which is what they're supposed to do. But they're also shouting at all the Chiefs fans saying, get out of the way. So I don't know um, at the end of the day, like what the um, what the solution is here, because we've had it now a couple of times. Um, one, you know, thankfully no gunfire occurred, but guns were drawn. Um, and it was by law enforcement trying to get a criminal. But then we have a more horrific situation years later where it's um, supposedly a dispute. I, I, I still have a lot of questions, man. The, the story's not adding up to me. Like, we, we need answers. We need answers. Well, well, what is this dispute that led to so many kids getting shot from the parking garage? Because it's not like, I mean, listen, are there people that probably left a little early so they can beat the traffic? Yeah, sure. I, I buy that. Um, but I'm still kind of confused with the timeline of events in the specific location. And I don't think we, we even have that answer yet. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't really know what's going to happen to our country um, moving forward. And specifically with championship parades are, uh, I mean, what's the next uh, champion? I think it's going to be um, college basketball, whichever college basketball team wins a championship. They'll have a parade shortly after. And then after that, it'll be whoever wins the NBA and the NHL uh, championships um, in the summer. Are their parades going to be different because of Kansas city, which is a shame, man. Not that it should ever happen anywhere, but the fact that Kansas city is now going to be used as the example, oh, that did happen in Kansas City. We got to make sure we strengthen our security here so it doesn't happen in this city. That sucks. Um, listen, um, for those of you, um, for those of you who uh, are in the United States, you all know this is an election year. Okay, um, I, I, I guess Biden and, and Trump are going to be our, our two uh, nominees. I'm assuming they're going to debate. I don't know if they will. I know there's a big deal about that. Assuming they will debate. Guess what's going to be brought up? Whoever the moderator is. They're going to say, Mr. President, uh, Mr. Former President. I, I don't know the exact the way you're supposed to address uh, the former president, but or Mr. Trump, I guess. They're going to bring up that a shooting happened, another mass shooting happened, and this time it was in Kansas City during a Super Bowl parade. It's going to be brought up. It's going to be brought up in that context. I think that's the um, Jason man. Get out. Look, I'm not trying to be a dick, but if you're going to, if you're trying to really blame one person for all of this, dude, just stop. That's not the solution here. We've, we've had mass shootings under different politicians, different uh, political parties that have been the commander in chief here. It's not Biden's fault. It's not, it's not Trump's fault. It's not Obama's fault. I don't care who you like and don't like. I don't give a shit about any of that. Um, and I apologize. I'm not trying to be a dick or anything here, but if you're going to do the whole blame game and finger pointing thing, you're not doing yourself a favor. You're not doing anybody a favor. So miss me with all of that. Um, I, I, I just don't know at the end of the day what the solution is. No one knows what the solution is. Nobody does. Yeah, Robert said literally mass shootings under every president have happened. Yeah, 
I mean, more so ever since Obama. Um, fuck, man, I'll never forget Sandy Hook. Um, I just took my last final, and then I open up my phone and I see I see the whole news about Sandy Hook, and I'm like, man, I just got out of a classroom. And I'm hearing this news. And I'm actually packing all my things, getting ready to go home for Christmas. And I'm realizing that... Um, I'm realizing that there are some kids that will not be able to have a Christmas at that time. Um, I mean, I mean what is it going to take for this to stop? What is it going to take for our leaders to do something about this? I don't know. I, again, I don't have that answer. I wish I did, man, and I wish our leaders did, but nobody has that answer. Instead, what happens is we we point the finger at one group or one person. We start debating gun laws and gun control and all these things, which obviously, I mean, it's happening again, but it's um, it's just a it's just a whole circle we keep going around and. We don't find solutions for this. Uh, real quickly, um, you know, whenever uh, tragedies like this happen, there are some positive stories that do come out of this. Um, Taylor Swift, and this has been confirmed by her representative. So this was indeed Taylor Swift who made the uh, donation, but she has donated $100,000 to the family of Lisa Lopez Galvan. And I hope I said her last name correctly, Galvan. Um, Lisa Lopez Galvan was a DJ for KKFI here in Kansas City. So very sad that she lost her life when she was at an event trying to enjoy a celebratory moment. Um, very unfortunate, but props to Taylor Swift for doing what she did. Patrick and Brittany Mahomes, um, and I already posted about this, they were uh, uh, spotted at um, Children's Mercy Hospital visiting kids who, um, who uh, suffered uh, injuries from the parade. Very cool to see them step up. I already mentioned Andy Reid, Trey Smith, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm sure I may be forgetting some people, and if I am, I apologize. But there are a lot of people who have been trying to calm down kids and trying to step up. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had spoke out publicly and wants to reach out to the kids. So, you know, not that we ever want to see these kinds of things happen. um, But whenever tragedies like this do happen... I think it's awesome that uh, we have we have people who are who are stepping up and trying to at least restore some faith in humanity. Um, doesn't change what happened, but it kind of gives you a glimmer of hope that we have some positivity in the world, even in dark moments like this. Um, Listen, I know maybe some of you guys were probably tuning in to maybe hear hear me try to provide some answers. I don't know if I did that. I don't know if I could be a voice of reason, whatever it may be to you guys. This is not something I ever uh, have uh, have ever done a podcast on. No, no one that you know covers sports like a like a reporter or um or or people who just talk about it um like a podcaster or a blogger. No, no sports person is ever prepared to do something like this ever. So. Listen, I hope I did the best I could uh, covering that subject um, and uh, maybe just try to bring some sense of reason to um, some common sense to all of this. Uh, listen, man, I'll, I'll just end by saying this. 
if you're someone that just doesn't feel right, man, talk to somebody. And if, if maybe you don't have people in your life to talk to, man, there are hotlines you can call. Um, you can go talk to a counselor. You can talk to somebody, man. I just beg you, don't, don't kill people, especially innocent people that you don't know that had nothing to do with what you, what's whatever, uh, demon you may be battling inside you. Um, talk to somebody. And if you know someone that's dealing with struggles like this, Talk to them, man. You just never know what you could be doing to potentially save someone's life and possibly prevent something like this from happening. So, all right, man. Uh, listen, there's no perfect segue or transition to this, but we do have some football news to get into. There were some uh, some positive things that happened at the parade, of course. So uh, this is the time to get into it now. Before the parade started, we did get some news that Steve Spagnolo received a contract extension from the Kansas City Chiefs. That is absolutely huge. We all know how big this Chiefs defense was this year. And by the way, uh, quick reminder for those of you who are going in and out of the uh, live stream. If you guys have any uh, questions, comments, whatever it may be, uh, please post them below. I'll start answering uh, questions now. Like I said, um, we're doing we're combining the Red Friday live chat and the podcast together. We've only done this maybe once or twice in the past. So um, so please, if you have questions, comments about the team, if you want to talk about the parade, the aftermath from the parade, um, I will take uh, all questions and comments. So uh, please uh, ask, uh, comment, whatever you want to uh, get out there, and I'll uh, answer those as I go. So Spags did get a contract extension from the Chiefs. And we all know how big this defense was. Um, and Spags has been getting a lot of love lately. And I'm happy to see it. I really am. Because he now owns the NFL record for most Super Bowl wins as a uh, as a coordinator in the NFL. Um, there are some assistant coaches. I think Brendan Daly, the defensive line coach, he now has six Super Bowl rings. Uh, well, maybe he doesn't have the sixth ring yet, but will soon. That guy is officially on Thanos level now. Um, if you guys watch Marvel movies, you know exactly uh, who Thanos is. Um, Spags has four rings. I still think his most impressive Super Bowl was the one with the Giants where he prevented Tom Brady and the Patriots from going 19-0. and um, Everybody wrote off the Patriots in that one because if you guys remember in the regular season, the Patriots beat the Giants uh, to end the regular season and become the first team to go 16 and 0 and then uh, a few weeks later in the Super Bowl the Giants respond and they get their revenge the Giants had a remarkable postseason getting revenge on a lot of teams that beat them in the regular season including the Cowboys who went 2 and 0 against them in the regular season so um Spags is I mean this guy deserves a 30 for 30 one day he really does for all the things that he has done as a defensive coordinator and I know the defense was you know not perfect um last year and for Super Bowl 54 by the way let's not forget last year the Chiefs gave up 35 points in that Super Bowl to the Eagles it's the most points scored by a losing team in the Super Bowl so this defense that Spags runs um they 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 needed to improve in so many areas and even last year, I will still say this, you had a lot of young guys, especially in the secondary, that played better than I think a lot of people expected, especially guys in later rounds that you drafted like Josh Williams and Jalen Watson. Playing defensive back in the NFL is not an easy thing at all. Uh, what year, uh, Elaine's asking? Um, 
Wasn't that the year the Giants won every game on the road? Yeah, I think you might be right about that. I think um, I think that that's actually a, a, a very, um, a very uh, an actual statement there. Um, were the Giants underdogs in every single like uh, betting underdogs in every single game? I can only think of two teams that were betting underdogs in every single postseason game: the Eagles when they had Nick Foles and they beat the Patriots. I would imagine the Giants were underdogs in every single game because Peyton Manning had, what, 23 touchdowns and 20 interceptions? Not a very good touchdown-to-interception ratio that year. So um, it's um, it's good to see this defense um, doing what, what what it has done. Um, Spags, man, he's... By the way, I, I didn't even show off my shirt yet. This just came in the mail today. And Spags, we trust. Yeah, this... Yeah, you can't see it very well. There it is. In fact, you can see uh, the one on the bottom where he's doing this in one of the press conferences. That became a thing on social media. So apparently Justin Reed made these shirts. And uh, if you purchase these shirts, they do go to his foundation. So, uh, yeah, 65 bucks, but uh, it's for a good cause. I said, why the hell not? I'm doing it. I'm buying this shirt. My Super Bowl merchandise got here. I'm still waiting on my hat, but my jersey's here, my shirt's here. Hopefully you guys are all getting your Super Bowl, Super Bowl merch. By the way, less than an hour, I'm picking a winner for the uh, Chiefs jersey giveaway on Instagram and X. So make sure you guys do so if you haven't done so already. In fact, I need to... Um, I need to do a one uh, last reminder on my social media about it. But yes, yeah, Spags, um, it's good to see him get his flowers here from the Chiefs. Uh, he's going to be here uh, a little longer at the at the very least. So I'm glad to see uh, Spags is on his way um, for another season here in Kansas City. Uh, another assistant coach who the Chiefs have retained is special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, who's obviously been just a, a remarkable special teams coordinator wherever he has been, whether it's here in Kansas City, Chicago, wherever it's been, he's always done a fantastic job, and he's always uh, had great special teams players. The Chiefs have not had a Devin Hester type of returner like Dave Tobe had in Chicago, but the Chiefs have had so many different players take a kickoff back for a touchdown, a kickoff or a punt return. Quinton Demps, McCole Hardman, Niall Davis. Obviously, I'm going in so many different areas. I'm not going in order here, but we've had so many different players. Um, Jamal, uh, no, not Jamal Charles. That was before Dave Tobe. Um, but even guys that have not had return touchdowns, um, like Tremont Smith and Isaiah Pacheco, they still had big returns. The Chiefs have had a lot of success with a lot of different players on special teams, and that has been good to see. And that's a big part of Dave Tope. I know special teams uh, in some areas has been a little iffy, um, but in general, the special teams unit has been very good, and Dave Tope has been a big reason for that. Uh, I think um, the unfortunate part is, and by the way, I'm trying to post this real quickly, so bear with me. Um, Dave Tope was getting a lot of eyes, uh, a lot of um, head coaching interest at least, the first couple of years. Yeah, Kadarius Tony. That's a good point, Levi. Um, KT had the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. That's a great point. I forgot about that. Um, I know a lot of people aren't maybe behind KT now, but you know, he played a huge part in Kansas City Super Bowl run um last year at least. So Dave Tobe has just been great at whoever he's had to work with. Um, I'm very curious to see. Who else is next? Is, is Richie James going to continue doing his thing? Do they bring KT back just for special teams? I don't know, but 
Man, um, the one thing I will say about the special teams unit is stop returning punts from your own, like, end zone. That's what drives me nuts. I mean, this has been going on for years, even when Tyreek Hill was, oh, yeah, Tyreek Hill. Who could have forget Tyreek Hill? Um, he's probably been the best return specialist, and the Chiefs moved him away from that because they wanted him to focus more on offense, and understandably so. Uh, Jason's asking, do you think Eric Bieniemy is going to return in 2024? I have no idea. Um yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Uh, that's a very interesting question. There, I know Eric Bieniemy did, of course, uh, make an appearance uh, with the team, or at least uh, met with the team, um, trying to uh, fire them up uh, ahead of the AFC Championship game. Right now, he doesn't have. I mean, he's not going to be brought back in Washington. They hired Cliff Kingsbury, interestingly enough. But um, yeah, we'll have to see uh, what happens there. Bobby's asking, is there any truth that Patrick Mahomes is reconstructing his contract to make salary cap room to help re, uh, re-sign Legereus Need and Chris Jones? Okay, this is a great question. That goes into, I'll, I'll answer that question in a moment, Bobby, uh, but that's a perfect segue to our next subject, sticking with the defense, and that is uh, Chris Jones and Legereus Need. Chris Jones was at the parade, and he... Um, he had a few to drink, but he did tell the Chiefs fans that he's coming back. He wants a three-peat. He's coming back for this season and then next season and the season after that. So he essentially just told the fans he's coming back for three more years. Does he mean that? I sure as hell hope so. Um, listen, we discussed this back in August when Chris Jones was holding out and the longer his... his Holdout continued. We just kind of wondered, um, is there a realistic scenario where Chris Jones does come back to Kansas City? Um, here's the thing. Um, and by the way, Bobby, to answer your question, there is a report that the Chiefs are going to try to restructure uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract to try to free up from some cap space. Um, understand something. You have to try to keep Chris Jones and Legereus need. Um, a lot of people have talked about possibly moving on from Chris Jones because he might cost too much. But I think at the end of the day, I think everyone needs to be a team player. I think Chris Jones needs to, if he wants to keep winning, he's going to have to maybe lower his asking price. Legereus need might need to lower his asking price. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to redo his deal. Jawan Taylor certainly needs to redo his deal. Marquez Valdez scaling is kind of an interesting one because he definitely stepped up and made up for all of his past mistakes in the regular season and the postseason. I know a lot of people will say, well, he only had a couple of drops. Yeah, but they were very crucial drops in key moments, such as the Philadelphia Monday night game to, to, to win the game right there. I know there was some time left, but still. And then uh, one against Cincinnati before halftime where he uh, dropped a pass and a wide open lane for him to the end zone would have done it. Um, so I don't know. Um, you know, whenever you win, especially when a guy like MVS stepped up the way he did, you maybe think about keeping a guy like him. I don't know. I don't know. But everyone's going to need to be a team player. Patrick Mahomes, Jawan Taylor, and MVS, they're going to have to... Um, allow a, a, a contract restructure of some sort. If you're Chris Jones on Legereus need, and if your goal is to make money and win, well, you might need to redo your asking price a little bit here and, and, and go down um, to that way. You know, your teammate can also be resigned and you can still have room to 
get other free agents so you can go three-peat. Um, here's the other thing, too, you got to keep in mind is that the Chiefs, they're at a point now where they can extend Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton. What do all three of those guys have in common? Number one, they're from the same draft class, which is why they're eligible for new deals. And number two, they're all non-first-round draft picks. These are all guys, and listen, even if you were a first-round draft pick, you're not making a lot of money in general, but the non-first-round draft picks, um, and especially the later you go, it kind of gets to a point now where you're not, you're not making a lot of money while thriving at your position. Trey Smith is one of the best offensive guards in the NFL. Creed Humphrey, um, he might be the best center in the NFL right now. People think it's either him or Jason Kelsey. And those guys aren't making a lot of money doing what they do. They're obviously underpaid. So I don't know. Are we going to be in a situation where those guys might hold out? Or can Brett Veach potentially front load Chris Jones contract and maybe even Legarius Sneed's contract that way and Legarius and Chris Jones second year of their contracts makes it easier to resign uh, Humphrey Smith and Bolton whenever they become free agents, whenever their current rookie deals are up. I don't know. This is a very difficult thing to, um, to, to, to be aware of right now. Rochelle is asking besides Kelsey, what other players are over the age of 30 off the top of my head, uh, Winchester, the long snapper, he's been around just as long as Kelsey has. That's a really good question. Let's look at that real quickly. I'm not going to look for the specific age, but if you go to the Chiefs website, you can sort it by, um, you can go to the roster and sort it by um, the amount of years each player has been in the league, and we can probably get a good idea as to um, who's over 30 and who's not. So, uh, Blaine Gabbert. I think Blaine Gabbert's on a one-year deal, but he's obviously a backup. Mike Pinnell, who, you know, was huge both for the Super Bowl 54 run and Super Bowl 58 run, and he was a mid-season signing both years. Jarek McKinnon, who I think a lot of people would love to see back, and he's not going to cost you a whole lot. Um, Jarek McKinnon did not have the type of season, you know, anyone would have liked for him to have, but even last year when he was good, um, he came back on a very, very cheap deal. Uh, I mentioned Winchester, Donovan Smith, who I think has played his last snap with the Chiefs. Blake Bell, who's a backup tight end. Um, Chris Jones, I believe, is going to turn 30 this offseason. I think Deion Bush is also going to be hitting close to 30 if he hasn't already. So those are your guys right there. Those are the guys who are... Um, how many players have eight years of experience? We have Deion Bush, Chris Jones, Blake Bell, Donovan Smith, James Winchester, Jarek McKinnon, Mike Pinnell, Travis Kelsey, and Blaine Gabbert. So you have nine players that have eight or more years of experience in the NFL now. Um, that's uh, So to answer your question, Rochelle, that's um, that's what we have. So it's not a big number. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know, but it doesn't feel like a big number. Some of those guys are backups, too. Keep that in mind. So the Chiefs do have an opportunity to do something special and... You know, if they can play their cards right, and if if a lot of players, including Patrick Mahomes, can be team players. Because here's the thing. If Chris Jones goes to Chicago, is he going to get paid? Yeah. And listen, maybe, maybe Chris Jones is going to be in a situation where he says, look, I won three rings. I just want the, to make a bunch of money the rest of my career. I can't fault him for that. 
be a good way to end your uh, NFL career. You, you you make a shit ton of money. Maybe you don't win as much, but you get the money and you can retire with those three wins. I, I'd love to see him win more. You know what really needs to happen? Everyone needs to lower their asking price or restructure their, their current deals. And Patrick Mahomes needs to get all those people uh, a deal with State Farm, uh, Coors Light, and you know whatever the whatever else he is, Subway, all that stuff. Okay, so maybe we can get a little bit of that going to try to um, to try to sweeten the deal. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm being facetious, but also serious at the same time here. So it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, Jim raises a good point here. I hope uh, we keep Pinnell and Tranquil. Yeah, Drew Tranquil is going to be very important to to bring back the things that Drew Tranquil. Did a lot of things, as did Willie Gay, who's also a free agent. Um, those guys did a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet that were very vital to Kansas City's success. Uh, because I, I think there's a strong possibility that you are drafting either a wide receiver or a left tackle with your first-round pick. And if you're the Chiefs, maybe you try to see if you can... Um, move a second or a third round for a, for a first-rounder even if it's a mid first rounder to try to maybe get quality guys. But then again, if you're the chiefs, you have found a lot of great players outside of the first round. So I have no doubt that the chiefs can, um, can try to find a lot of the chiefs have done a great job uh, finding great players outside of the first round under Brett Veach. And by the way, let me see if I can quickly pull up Kansas city's uh, draft picks for 2024. So they have a first-round pick, second, third, fourth, and two-fifths. That is their uh, 2024 current uh, draft. Obviously, they're going to be picking last in the first round, last in the second round. Um, Yeah. For 2025, they have that already, but we don't really care about that too much, do we? At 2025, you have a one, two, three, four, five, no sixth, but two sevens. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that entails, but we don't really care about that right now. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious, 20, oh, 2026, they don't show um, any of that. Okay. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting what the Chiefs want to do with um, with their draft picks. If they can go out there and we'll have a, a, a more, uh, we'll have a bigger show regarding the offseason next week on Wednesday. Uh, we'll touch on free agency and then we'll do another podcast previewing the draft because there's a lot Kansas City needs to do if they want a three-peat. They're, they need a better offensive line. Patrick Mahomes, two years in a row, has won the Super Bowl with bad offensive tackles. Uh, this year you had Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, though they did step up, uh, kind of similar to, um, Orlando Brown, who, who did play a little better in the Super Bowl, Not that well. I know he didn't allow any sacks in the postseason, but he allowed seven pressures in the game against the Bengals, which is the team he now plays for. Um, do I see them signing Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't know. I, I doubt it. Um, yeah, Rochelle, I'm going to get into that uh, question of yours about the 49ers overtime thing. That's actually on my list of things to discuss here. But I think the Chiefs in general, 
Uh, you got to fix your offensive tackle play. You got to reevaluate the wide receivers carefully. Yeah, it's nice that McCole Hardman and MVS got those uh, touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Obviously, MV, uh, uh, McCole Hardman had the uh, walk-off touchdown. And by the way, I don't know if you guys saw this in the uh, NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. Uh, McCole Hardman, this is his jersey. Mr. Walk-Off right there. Should have said Jet Walk-Off, but... Um, was was pretty cool to see. He, it's pretty cool to see all the love he's getting. Um, Jeremy's asking T. Higgins would be a great number one wide receiver. Yeah, that would be nice, but I like T. Higgins a lot. He's a great wide receiver. He he can start on just about every NFL team except for maybe Miami and maybe one more out there, but he could start on a lot of NFL teams right now. He really could. Um, the, the thing with him is his drops, which is what we just dealt with this year. And also, um, with, uh, with T Higgins, he does tend to get injured a lot. He's kind of like a Sammy Watkins on a Tyree kill mixed together. Okay. Maybe not Tyree kill, but, uh, Hey, why not his counterpart in Cincinnati? Jamar chase, uh, kind of like a Sammy Watkins and a, uh, Jamar chase mixed together. Um, boy, the comment section just lit up big time. Um, who gets the franchise tag? Levi's asking. I think Legarius Need might be the guy who gets it. I don't know. I know uh, negotiating with Chris Jones agents have not been as ideal, so they might put it on him than Sneed. Um, Rochelle is asking Stefan Diggs. I'm a huge Stefan Diggs fan since his Viking days, but. He's had some drama that's followed him. I just don't know how I would feel about that. And listen, I don't think it's all on him. But man, I don't know. I do have a, a bit of a fear with that. And listen, maybe he comes into a system like Kansas City where Andy Reid's your head coach. Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. And maybe he changes his tone then. Let me say this, by the way. Um, with Kansas City, because I know a lot of people are still talking about Andy Reid and the whole incident with him and um, Travis Kelsey. There was another one that happened at the end of the game right before overtime. Patrick Mahomes and Rashi Rice kind of got into it a little bit. Uh, Rice was upset because he was wide open on that final play right before the field goal, and Mahomes did not throw the ball at his direction. So... um, and by the way, we've seen Kelsey toss his helmet a couple of times. We know he's an emotional player. Several years ago against the Jaguars, when they were just getting away with holds and horse collar on Kelsey, he lost his cool. And I kind of didn't really blame him for that. Um, as much as I've always said, hey, listen, referees miss calls. That game right there, man, I would have been pissed off too. Like your opponents keep getting away with holds and horse collars and all that shit and celebrating in your face about it. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. That was the one where he threw the towel at the referee's direction, which was hilarious. Um, man, a lot of you guys are asking me uh, questions about specific receivers now. Brandon Ayuk would be great. Wasn't it his parents that um, lashed out on Instagram? They were like, oh, you know, he needs a better quarterback or something. Levi says Justin Jefferson would be unfair if he came to Kansas City. Boy, I am a huge Justin Jefferson fan. I will say this: I don't think he, he. I don't think the Vikings will let him go. 
because the Vikings let Stefan Diggs walk, who somebody else asked earlier, and they managed to replace him with Jefferson. If they lose two premier wide receivers, one that replaced the other, I don't, I just don't think, uh, I don't think, I mean, there will be hell to pay in Minnesota if they allow that to happen, especially if he goes to Kansas City. Jeremy says Justin Jefferson in Kansas City, it would be good night for the NFL for the next five years. Yeah, probably would be. Um, that'd be that'd be a dangerous that would be the 2018 offense all over again. Um, by the way, let me just uh let me just say this because I said this several years ago and it has not been true yet, it has not aged well, but I'm actually still sticking with it. I think Kansas see Bob just raised a really good point. He says we can't afford him. However, Bob, although you're right. What is the goal for a lot of NFL players? Money and winning. But if you've made a lot of money so far in your career and you can still play at a high level, don't you want to win the big one? Because I said this several years ago and it has not aged well, but I'm going to still stick with it. I think Kansas City is going to be a destination where people will want to come for a cheaper price because they want to win a championship. Um, Maybe a guy like Tyreek Hill was not willing to do that, but... He already had won a Super Bowl, and he probably just wanted to make as much money possible. Maybe Tyreek Hill is content with one Super Bowl in his resume because he will go to the Hall of Fame one day. Absolutely. Um, and listen, maybe he'll win one in Miami. I don't know. But um, if you are, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s, and you have yet to win a Super Bowl, and you're still playing at a high level, don't you want to come to Kansas City and play with Patrick Mahomes, and you realize, hey, they may not have the best cap situation, so I might need to take a less uh, deal, lesser deal, but you might still be, be willing to do it because you want to play with Patrick Mahomes. You want to be part of Kansas City's dynasty, which right now is on the goal, is on the way trying to three-peat. That's what's going on right now. Don't you want to be... A part of that, I think there are a lot of people that would love to be a part of that because maybe they realize, listen, Drew Tranquil, what was he doing during the parade? He was running up to people and whenever um, there were a lot of news reporters scattered throughout the parade route, every time he went up to a news reporter with a microphone, he kept shouting, we don't do this in L.A. Kansas City's better than L.A. Well, shit, man, he basically just said the Chargers are not in a position to ever win a Super Bowl in the near future. Because had he stayed in the in, in L.A. with a division rival, he would have not experienced this. He wouldn't have. And by the way, I didn't mention him earlier. Props to him. He was the first one to speak out um, on the shooting and try to bring people together to try to spread some positivity for those who were wounded. So, you know, you see guys that played... Elsewhere, And listen, I think the Chargers have a lot of great teams. And I think the Chargers will be a better team. But man, there are a lot of great players in really bad situations. And then they look at Kansas City and they're like, man, I want that. That's a team that's won back-to-back. My team cannot even get a record over 500. And you see that. And you might think to yourself, well, maybe Kansas City would be a, a logical destination to go there. Nick said you should try to get Brandon LMAO on your show. Dude, I would love to have Brandon LMAO on my show. That guy's fucking hilarious. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know how to reach out to his people though. I don't know if he has like um, an email or an agency. Yeah, you know what, Nick? Tag him. Tag him. Be like, yeah, you should come on this guy's show. I would love to have. I would love to have him on. I don't watch a lot of YouTubers, or I don't like a lot of these pranksters. But his pranks are like extremely harmless to the point where it's like it's funny. And if if someone's offended, they need to grow some thick skin. Anyway, I'll, I'll leave it at that. There. Um, check out Brendan LMAO. His, his content's actually funny. What about Jerry Rice's kid in the draft? Can't think of his name uh, or college. Christian Watson from Green Bay. Yeah, listen, Jason, there, I mean, and I know you're not the only one. A lot of people are asking these. There are a lot of people uh, who are candidates that could come to Kansas City to help this uh, receiver room. I, I, I think the um, see a lot of you guys are focusing more on wide receiver than any other position. If the defense can stay intact for two more years, okay? Like, I know Chris Jones is up there in age, but if you can bring him back for a couple of more years, keep luxurious need long-term, and you still have a lot of young guys on that defense on rookie deals right now. Carl Loftus, McDuffie, Williams, um, Jalen Watson, Nazee Johnson, who a lot of people still think could be a good cornerback. Uh, Nick Bolton, Leo Chanel. Um, there are a lot of guys you can uh, you can work with here. And if if the offense can get one of these perennial receivers in the NFL and if they're willing to come on a on a cheap deal because the goal is to try to win yeah this is going to be a dangerous team for a long time am I expecting it to happen I don't know I could see a guy like Mike Evans taking a, a cheaper deal because he's up there in age and he's probably made a lot of money playing football he's at a point that he might want to win more championships he already has a championship against Kansas City unfortunately but he was not the talked about guy in that championship run even though he was great that year he continues to get a thousand receiving yards every year, eight years in a row. Only what seven guys who have done that in NFL history? Torrey Holt, uh, Jerry Rice, very few. Uh, Chris Carter, to, to name a couple. Uh, but um, in that Super Bowl 55 run the Bucs had, who got all the glory? Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. Mike Evans was like more of a second tier guy on that group, even though he was. Probably the best playmaker they had. So I don't know. Um, there are guys to uh, to consider. Uh, what about getting Bianca Belair on the podcast? Uh, I mean, look, I, I've been kind of into wrestling lately. Wrestlers are very hard to get on a podcast. And I don't know what I would talk to Bianca Belair about. She's the, she's the wrestler that has the really long hair, right? That's her. Uh, yeah, Keenan Allen is Awesome, but can't see. I agree with you, Brian. Um, now, unless his role was much smaller, where he played limited snaps, it would be worth it. Because if you if you have if you're injury prone, what's the logic in playing limited snaps? You reduce your chances of getting hurt. But would you agree to that? No, because that would mean you're taking less money, and that's not something you would want to do. Listen, here's what I will say. Um, if you're unable to get a big name playmaker on your roster through free agency, what can you do in the draft? Because you were able to find Rashi Rice in the second round, who obviously is one of the best uh, wide receivers from that draft class. But I'm watching college football, okay? I'm seeing a lot of wide receivers make big plays on Saturdays. All these young college kids, 
they're out there making monstrous plays. And I mentioned that all year long. All these current Chiefs players who've been dropping passes, you're replaceable because um, you, you see these kids on Saturdays making big, spectacular plays. Maybe they might not be the most talented. Maybe they're not Marvin Harrison Jr., but you don't have to be Marvin Harrison Jr. to succeed in this Chiefs offense. You just have to be able to catch the ball. Andy Reid will find a way to get you open in space, and you can get all your yak yards that way. And you can add on to your stats like that. That's all it takes in an Andy Reid style of offense, who, by the way, is expected to come back. Um, DK Metcalf on a deal would be killer. Uh, isn't what's the uh, other um, Seahawks player? Tyler Lockett. Isn't Tyler Lockett kind of on a um, on a Tyler Lockett? I, I think they're trying to trade him. The reason I was stumbling on my words here, Jeremy says, I want to see you have Taylor Swift on your podcast. Jeremy, the odds of you winning the Powerball is much greater than Taylor Swift coming on my podcast of all play. I appreciate. I appreciate the. Um, the the need to want to see that. Um, I think Taylor Swift would rather go on her boyfriend's podcast, which quite honestly, I would not blame her podcast is much bigger than mine. Luke Grimm. Yeah, man. I mean, as a Jayhawk, I would not be opposed to that. And you know, what's sad is I think, um, I think the Jayhawks had their monster bowl game the day after K uh, the chiefs lost to the Raiders. And you were just like, man, look at this offense. KU has, um, what wide receiver do I want? I don't know if I have a name right now. I could probably answer that better next week when we do uh, the off-season podcast. Because right now, this is not an off-season podcast. Uh, Wednesday's podcast, we'll do a lot of off-season. In fact, I will say this. Starting this uh, tomorrow, Saturday, and the next few days, I'm going to be doing a lot of positional previews for free agency. Going over every single player um, that is set to be a free agent. So be on the lookout for that. We, we're going to do a lot of... Uh, a lot of content uh, surrounding that. Um, if you're the Chiefs, would you consider trading up to grab Marvin Harrison Jr.? I know it sounds like I'm on crack, but it would be dope. That would be dope. <laughs> I like how you use the word crack and then use the word dope right after Jeremy. Um, it, okay, let's be let's have this conversation here. If you really want Marvin Harrison Jr. to play with Patrick Mahomes, which would be awesome, what do you have to give up? You probably would have to give up Chris Jones. So the the process for that would be tag Chris Jones, trade with a team that's in the top three, and you would probably need to include draft picks because they probably know who you want and why you want them. So that might be the downfall is you would have to give up a lot, which probably would lead to Chris Jones being the casualty of getting that draft pick. From your own roster. Do you want that to be the case? Probably not. Uh, I'm picking the Jayhawks to win it all in March Madness. I, I hope so, man. They haven't they haven't been playing great lately. Let's not talk about that. Um, Bryce is a physical receiver would be amazing. See, I think the Chiefs did, tried that when the same the, when they traded Tyreek Hill and they brought in Juju Smith Schuster and MVS. I know Juju was signed be, right before the Tyreek trade, but the Chiefs kind of knew already that they were trading Tyreek. It's funny because from a public standpoint, everyone said, "Oh my God, Mahomes, uh, Tyreek, 
Juju and Kelsey on the same offense, but little did we know the Chiefs were in the process of sending uh, Tyreek elsewhere. Um, uh, but, but to go back to the comment about the physical receiver part, I'm not opposed to that. That would be awesome. But I think this offense just seems to thrive more when they can get those speedy receivers in open space. And I will say this because I know speed has been a big part of this offense. Um, when you look at guys like Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, whether it's through free agency or the draft, the Chiefs have brought in a lot of fast guys like Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, um, uh, even a guy like DeAnthony Thomas who didn't work out but had a lot of great speed, uh, possessed uh, a, a great skill set. Um, McCall Hardman, we all know about his speed. So there are a lot of um, a lot of receivers that Chiefs have gone after who maybe have not been the best receivers. Obviously, Tyreek Hill turned into uh, a dynamic one, but um, they've gone after a lot of fast receivers trying to bring th them in here, and they've done a good job of utilizing them. I thought McCall Hardman was a great receiver his rookie year. Wasn't the best after that, uh, though I do think he had a remarkable Super Bowl. Having that big catch early in the game, unfortunately, it led to a, a fumble from Pacheco, and then catching the game-winning touchdown in overtime to uh, to seal the deal. Um, so I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I see a lot of you guys are, are asking me about specific players from the draft and free agency, and I'm not going to go over all of those, but I think at the end of the day, um, uh, you do have options if you're Kansas City. And if you're Kansas City, you're now the enticing landing spot, okay? Yeah, maybe you might not be able to get the money you want in Kansas City, but you know what we can guarantee you? We can guarantee you a very shiny ring on that finger of yours. We can do that, okay? that's what, didn't, didn't Andy Reid say that to Drew Tranquil? The text messages were leaked. Andy Reid said, think championships. Isn't that what he told Drew Tranquil? And guess what? Drew Tranquil got himself a damn championship, baby. And that's what he was saying in the parade. He says, you don't get this in LA. Um, I mean, you might get the Lakers championship there, but neither here nor there. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about the whole thing with Chris Jones, Algerius Sneed, and how they can um, make all of that happen. So we'll we'll see what the Chiefs do there. It's it's not listen. I said this before. I'll say it again. This is going to be Brett Veach's most difficult offseason to date. Last year was a tough one because he was in a he was in a very tough spot with the Chris Jones contract, unable to sign Hopkins. But this is going to be even harder because you got a lot of very good players to worry about. Sneed, Jones, got a couple of guys who are at the end of their rookie deals or eligible for new deals. I should say. It's not going to be easy retaining those guys. Yeah, I know, uh, Brian, you're mentioning Mike Dana and Willie Gay. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people to account for on this team. A lot of people to, uh, and you know what? Not my job, man. Uh, I, I envy Brett Veachman. Like that, that you, you have to do. Props to you. That That's going to be a very difficult task for him this offseason. But Brett Veach has done a great job so many times. I'm not going to doubt him. Uh, this time, I know a lot of people love to doubt Brett Beach, and I don't know why. He always comes through in the end. Always, always, always comes through in the end with the draft and free agency. The Chiefs did not have a lot of draft picks this past year like they did the year before, yet they still found a couple of good players. I know FAU didn't play much, but he, whenever he played, he stepped up. He had a big stop at one point in the Super Bowl. That was his postseason debut. Rashi Rice obviously did his thing in the uh, in the year. Um 
Chamari Connor, I thought, uh, was a good safety and someone that might be uh, a guy you could use in the future. So we'll see what the Chiefs do. Wanya Morris, I thought, had some flashes as well. Maybe with some experience, he can improve. So Brett Veach, man, he's, he, 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 he's done a great job with the drafts over the years. He really, really has. And I think um, there will be um, another, uh, another successful draft, another good draft on the way. For Kansas City. Okay, a couple of non-Chiefs notes I want to get into here. Rochelle was asking earlier about the 49ers not knowing the overtime rules. I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but there's a clip of some of the players who were mic'd up on inside the NFL. So they're they're showing Mahomes and Kelsey. Mahomes is talking. Mahomes is obviously the sole captain to uh, to go to midfield for the overtime coin toss. And he's, he's looking at Andy Reid saying, we we're kicking it, right? And he's asking what direction Andy said, Andy Reid said, I don't care because it's they're indoors. So the Chiefs already had plans to kick the field, uh, kick the uh, kickoff for overtime if they won the coin toss. Meanwhile, the 49ers, they won the coin toss and they wanted it. And Patrick Mahomes is going back to the sidelines and is saying they wanted the ball. Like, he's, he's almost confused about it. And even Kelsey was walking around saying, yeah, they want it. That's exactly what we wanted. We wanted them to want the ball. Um, when you're playing chess and you're thinking your opponent might also play chess and they're not, they're playing checkers, that's when you know you've got a really good feeling about how things are going to go. That's how bad it is for uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean... How do you not have your team ready for the overtime rules? Like, listen, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. And I think he will win one one day. I really do. Listen, he's getting a lot of comparisons to Andy Reid. And I've already said this in the week. Andy Reid took, took him 18 freaking years to win one. 18 years. Um, And I don't think, listen, a lot of people are saying, well, Andy finally got one because he had Mahomes. Yeah, but that's no excuse to not win one before. He had been winning a lot with Vic, McNabb, Smith. Um, But how do you justify? He he says that um, he says that uh, the assistant coaches were tasked with informing his players about the overtime rules. In fact, one of the 49ers, play, I know a couple of the 49ers players admitted after the fact they didn't know all the overtime rules. One of the 49ers players on the field, mic'd up, and this was shown, he actually said, apparently, if we score a touchdown, it's not over. I didn't know that. How do you not know that? I said this on Wednesday's podcast. A part of me wishes the 49ers did score a touchdown because I would have loved to see, like, a 49ers player run onto the field and celebrate. Like, <laughs> I kind of wish that would have happened. I wish time ran out in the overtime period just to see if a 49ers player would have ran out. Like, this is not me trying to troll or be funny. Like, this seriously, would there have been one 49ers player that would have rushed the field? I think that would have happened. I seriously believe that. I think someone from the 49ers would have ran onto the field and started celebrating. I Listen, I think we missed out on a comedic moment here. As much as like I'm glad the Chiefs defense stepped up, we kind of deserve that moment. <laughs> um that that probably would have happened. I'm just glad like the Chiefs. So, 
a couple of people are making fun of the Chiefs for having two meetings about the overtime rules. Well, at least they freaking knew the rules. The 49ers didn't. And listen, I know there are some weird rules out there, like the drop kick field goal. Do any of you guys know about the drop kick field goal? I know of it. I don't know the machinations behind it. Um, there's also a funny rule that some people know of. So if you're a kick returner and if the ball is inbounds, you can stand out of bounds, not touching the ball. You can stand out of bounds and then pick up the football and that will be uh, an illegal out of bounds kickoff on the kicking team. And you can get the ball at the 40 yard line. That's a very strategic thing to do. Um, very few people are aware of it, uh, but neither here nor there. Uh, I just don't know how you don't know the rules. How do you not? How do you not? And by the way, what is this whole thing with Shanahan firing his defensive coordinator? Okay. I, I had to look up the numbers again to be sure. So the 49ers, their defense, um, Steve Wilkes, who got fired, their eighth in total defense, 14th against the pass, third against the run, third in points per game, tied seventh in the NFL in sacks, tied fifth in takeaways, what the hell was your defensive coordinator supposed to do in this game? Because even though Patrick Mahomes stepped up, I thought your defense did as great of a job as it could have done limiting Mahomes. Yeah, it maybe got fortunate with a couple of takeaways there, but the fact that you couldn't even score on those takeaways from the Chiefs that they gave to the 49ers, it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, what do you see? See, Robert is saying that this is a scapegoat move. I don't disagree. And by the way, I love when like Shanahan went on radio and was explaining. He's like, oh, he's a great coach, but he wasn't fitting our scheme. What scheme? Like eighth in total defense, third against the run, third in points per game allowed. What scheme do you need better than that? It's almost like when you break up with someone or someone breaks up with you. And the first thing they say is, hey, you're a really great guy or a really great girl. Well, then why are you breaking up with that person? Isn't the point to have a great guy or a great girl? Like, makes no sense when you try to sugarcoat things like that. Makes absolutely no sense. Um, sounds like you made a great assistant for Spags. I mean, yeah, but he probably deserves to be a defensive coordinator elsewhere. Like, you see this sometimes, and listen, it'd be a little different. Oh, Elaine, Elaine says it's me, not you. Yeah, that's that's what you get sometimes in a breakup. Um, you, you know, you see this sometimes, like, who was it in the NBA? I think it was, um, oh, God, um, Doc Rivers. That's who it was, and I know he's not doing too well right now, but why did Boston, or no, not Boston, um, Philadelphia, why did Philadelphia fire Doc Rivers? Because... With the talent they have, they keep finishing in the same spot year after year, and that's not acceptable for that organization. I kind of think Andy Reid was falling into that prior to all these Super Bowl wins where, you know, the Chiefs keep reaching the playoffs with all this hope, and all they do is have blown leads in the playoffs. But obviously, Andy Reid has found a way to dig himself out of that hole. Kyle Shanahan is where Andy Reid was, except the difference is Kyle Shanahan is blowing leads in the Super Bowl. Um, that Falcon Super Bowl 100% falls on Kyle Shanahan. The uh, the 49ers, um, the first 49ers blown lead falls on Shanahan. Now, this one was a little different because the 10-point lead was in the first half and the Chiefs 
were able, I mean, it still took the Chiefs until, what was it, the late third quarter to get their first lead of the game? I mean, how do you not utilize Christian McCaffrey the way you should have? I know Christian McCaffrey got 30 touches, but you could have maybe drawn up better running plays for him, and they didn't do that. I still credit the Chiefs defense for what they did, don't get me wrong, because I've said all along, this Chiefs defense, I mean, they're doing things to offenses. Offenses have faced some good defenses, not the Chiefs defense, so they're different. They're just built different. So... Ultimately, and here's the frustrating part. A lot of times when, like a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who's the head coach, right? When things don't work, oh, it's that person's fault. It's this person's fault. We're going to fire this person. Really? You're going to fire your defensive coordinator? I mean, I don't know if John Lynch said, hey, look, you got to do something. It's either you or it's going to be one of your assistants. And he's just like, okay, yeah, it's the assistant. It's the assistant. I'll do it. I'll, I'll fire him. Um, I like Kyle Shanahan. Listen, I, I don't like a guy with the last name Shanahan. I think every Chiefs fan falls into that category, but he will win one. You got to take ownership of your shit, though. Not holding on to these leads, not having your team informed on the rules. It falls on him at the end of the day. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before I get out of here. Speaking of the 49ers, former 49ers quarterback who once lost to the Chiefs in a Super Bowl. Raiders quarterback, it's always a good way to start a headline, Jimmy Garoppolo suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhanced usage policy. Apparently, he was using PEDs. And not only, here's the worst part, and I know the Raiders are expected to release him. And it makes, by the way, I was confused as hell with the contract the Raiders gave him. Luckily for the Raiders, Jimmy G just gave them the easiest out possible. Um, so you won't have to take a big cap head when you release him. Jimmy G actually used performance enhanced drugs. And he got benched for Aiden fucking O'Connell. I mean, I know the Chiefs lost to him, but it's not like O'Connell did anything in that game. How do you... Here's the worst part, is you use PEDs, and you get benched. I saw one of the comments on my page earlier. People were like, oh, um, did, did that like allow him to have a bigger grip on the bench or something? Like, I mean, how does that happen? I remember um, this was like decades ago. I was watching Jay Leno. And he was making fun of Major League Baseball for suspending a baseball player 80 games for steroids. When that baseball player only hit two home runs. How do you use steroids and you only hit two home runs? How is that possible? That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I know uh, we spent some time in the first half of the podcast discussing things that are not something that uh, we'd like to discuss, but they have to be discussed. And I know it will not be the last time we discuss um, the shooting that happened at the parade. Positive vibes, prayers to everyone that um, was hurt, the fa family members of, um, of who we lost, uh, Lisa Lopez-Galvan. Um, just be kind to one another, man. Love one another. That's all I have to say. My name is Farzi Vesugian. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast. Uh, for those of you who missed the uh, live portion earlier, the podcast version will be up later tonight. If you're listening on the podcast version, thank you all. 
on Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. I'll be back Wednesday. We will preview the offseason. We will start with free agency, and then we'll be back next Friday for another edition of the Red Friday Live Chat. I'm Farzine Vasugian. I'm out. Take care. Enjoy your weekend.